I really do believe we're in a time in our history, I mean, American history and world history, that leaders specifically need to step up. And I believe that one of the greatest tools of genuine leadership has, for lack of a better term, fallen by the wayside. I believe there are some details about leadership, about relationships, about family, about legacy, about heritage that have been discombobulated. I believe things have been put out of order. Priorities have been lost. What it is that we will pass on to the next generation as leaders has been skewed. Today I'm going to talk about a tool that is probably the most powerful and most profound tool of leadership that has ever been utilized. And yet its use has been diminished. And we really need to get back to it as leaders. Welcome to Leading Leaders Podcast. Five minute videos, five days a week. The tool that I'm talking about is the journal. Yeah, this is just, this is just 2020. Uh, I've got journals that go all the way back to when I was 20 years old. And I've told my kids over and over again, you need to understand that the power of these journals are that my greatest thinking is captured here. Now, some of these have been turned into books. Some of these have been ideas that I've shared with clients. Some of these have been conversations that I've had just with myself. And I, yeah, I know that that makes me seem a little bit suspicious, but the conversations I've had with myself are some of the most valuable for me and ultimately will be the most valuable for my children and, and anyone who asks the question when I'm gone, what did he think about and why did he think like that? Because what did he think about and why did he think like that is caught up in these journals. It's caught up right here. I sit and think for hours. I ponder ideas and new ideas and old ideas and ways of thinking and social issues and political issues and religious issues and leadership issues and thought issues and yes, I still have all my old books from electronics engineering studies and from fire science studies and when I start meshing those things together, some unusual ideas come out and some of them make great illustrations for the stage as a public speaker. Some of them make great analogies to explain in the course of a book or in a conversation how someone could see something in a different way to raise their level of awareness. Some of these ideas are business ideas. They're new launch ideas. They're things that I could add to my streams of revenue. There are ways that I could better serve my customer. And all of those together are captured in my journals. Now, my fear is that as we move more into a digital age, we see that there are a lot of people in the digital age that they only track on their phone. They only track on their iPad or they only track it digitally. And, and I don't want this to sound conspiracy theory or alarmist, but what you put in your digital media right now is being hacked. Uh, it's, it's being hacked. It's being stolen, captured, compared, twisted in all kinds of ways. It's being hacked. You know that your credit cards can be hacked. You know that your personal bank accounts can be hacked. You've probably experienced identity theft or know someone who has. If you think that they're doing that and not capturing the data of your new business ideas, you're naive. If you think that the people who are hacking that detail like your bank records or only after your bank records and not the grandest schemes of industrial espionage, 
you're naive. If you think that the ideas that you have, that you keep in your digital devices, is safe and permanent, then you're naive. The reason that I keep things on paper and I try to keep a close tab on where they are is because these are some personal thoughts, some private thoughts, some professional thoughts, some business innovation thoughts, but they are my thoughts and they have value. But I also believe we're coming to a time in history when we're gonna look back at our kids and our grandkids and we're gonna say, but understand, this is not the way it has always been. And our simply trying to recount what the good old days were like or what the days were like before XYZ. I mean, honestly, for someone five years old right now, can you imagine when they're 10 and 12 years old and all they've ever known is wearing a mask and school open and school closed and school open and school closed? Can you imagine explaining to them what it was like when you could literally just walk out the front door and get on your bicycle and ride anywhere around the neighborhood? and stay gone until the streetlights went out. It's hard enough to explain that to young people today that we didn't always have video games. It's hard enough to explain that there were times when, you know, we would drink out of the same water bottle. There were times that we would drink out of the garden hose in a long line behind each other after playing in the street and in the dirt. We would all come and share the same water hose. Yeah, there was a day like that and nobody died from it. But that's not the world that they've lived in, and that's not the world they've been exposed to. Again, I've done interviews with my in-laws and with my grandparents, and I have them on video. And I go back and look at them, and I think when they explain to me what life was like when, some of that is hard for me to conceive. Young people today, you've probably seen the videos of them trying to pick up a rotary phone and dial a rotary phone and figure out how to have a conversation with somebody else. They're looking for the send button, but there's not one. There's not an enter button. This is not Skype. And as we move further and further away from the way things were then, today will then become the way things were. And as that happens, my friends, this handwritten journal has a lot of value. How would you like to get your hands on the handwritten journals of, say, I don't know, Saul Alinsky or Martin Luther King Jr. or Louis Farrakhan when he was a teenager? These are the kinds of ideas and thoughts that shape generation after generation. And it's crucial that we not lose them. So how are you keeping up with your thoughts? As we lead this generation into the next generation, how will you be remembered? What mark will you leave for them to remember you by? And what instructions will you leave? What business ideas? What private thoughts? There's a lot of value in what goes through your head. There's a lot of value that you can leave behind that goes way beyond money that the bank can can. Uh, confiscate or that the IRS could confiscate. I'm talking about real value, ideas, thoughts, personal notions, private understandings. These things have deep, deep value. And if we lose them, we lose a lot. If we lose the ability to point back to yesterday and say, this is what it was really like. Forget what they told you in the history books. They lied. Forget what they told you in the media. They lied. This is what yesterday was really like, I know, because I was there. Friends, if you are a leader of any sort, leading a household, leading a corporation, or leading a nation, and you're not keeping a journal of the thoughts that are going through your heads, the things that you're an eyewitness to, I think you're missing out on the greatest legacy that you could leave. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV.
Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. You've probably heard it said, in fact, I know that I posted it just the other day on my own Facebook page, that the quality of life, quality of your life, your life, let's put it in that tiny little box, the quality of your life will be determined by the quality of the questions you're willing to ask yourself. Now, sure, a good coach will ask you challenging questions. A good coach might even ask questions that you wouldn't have thought to ask yourself. A good coach will even ask you questions that you probably don't want to answer. But the reality is, regardless who asks the question of you, your willingness to answer the question is going to make all the difference in the world in the quality of your life. Quality of your life will be determined by the quality of the questions you're willing to ask yourself. Today, I'm going to share with you five questions that I believe if you're challenging yourself enough to answer these five questions, you will find a better quality of life in 2021, regardless of the outside circumstances. You ready for those five questions? Welcome to Leading Leaders Podcast. Five minute videos, five days a week. Here's question number one. If money were no issue at all, what job would I want to have? If money were no issue at all, what job would I want to have? See, here's what we find for a lot of people. They take the job that either suits the kind of lifestyle that they want to live, meaning the kind of income that they want to have, but that's really all there is to it. And many of them kind of grovel through the job because they don't like the work. They don't like the people they're working around. They don't like the tasks that they have to perform. They don't like the industry that they're working in. I knew a young lady who's uh, since gone uh, to cancer, but I remember in her, I would say about mid-20s, she decided that in order to have a secure future going forward, financially speaking, purely financially speaking, she was going to go to nursing school. And she did. She went to nursing school and she got through the first half of it. Didn't quite get her bachelor's degree, but she did get a job in the hospital. And the first time they asked her to draw blood or change a bedpan, she said it nearly made her sick to her stomach. She thought she was going to throw up on the patient and she quit the job. <clears throat> now, if you took the job because you wanted the money, but didn't realize the tasks associated with the job, is there enough money in the world for you to be doing the kinds of things necessary to be in the nursing field? Because blood and guts and bodily fluids, that's going to be a normal part of your day. And if you're not up for that, is there enough money in the world to make you want that job? So if money were no issue, what job would you want to have? Here's question number two. Say there were no travel restrictions, costs were not an issue, none of those things were prohibitive, and you could travel anywhere in the world you wanted to, where would you go? If you could go anywhere in the world you wanted to, where would you go? Now, I know some of you right now, you're already thinking of time travel. You want to go back to 2019 to the way things were before. 
or you want to go back 20 years to that loved one that you lost, or you want to go ahead 15 years to that two-year-old being old enough to take care of themselves. But that's not what I'm talking about. We're not talking about time travel or interstellar travel. We're talking about in the world as we know it today, if cost was not prohibitive, if travel restrictions were not prohibitive, if there were ideas and opportunities that you could share or learn anywhere in the world, where would you go? Where would you go? Question number three. Ask yourself, who am I allowing in my life who challenges me? They challenge what I think. They challenge what I say. They challenge what I do. See, here's what I know to be true in my own life and in the life of many people around me. If the people around you are not challenging you, then the, the assumptions that you make are left not only unguarded, but without any kinds of limits or controls on them. There are times when that unlimited, unrestricted, unprohibited opportunity to think and imagine and grow and stretch is awesome. But there's also time in your life that you need to have those people who are going to box your ears, so to speak, who are going to put you in your place and tell you you're wrong. Not only is your idea not correct, but it's reckless. Not only is what you're thinking not healthy for you, but it's going to lead you in a bad direction. See, there are a lot of people whose thoughts and ideas get to go unchecked. There's no restraint. There's no accountability. There's no one to tell them, that's a really bad idea. I wouldn't do it that way. And when that happens in your life, you may not lose control immediately, but eventually you will find yourself in a place where no one can tell you that you're wrong. You've surrounded yourself with the emperor has no clothes kind of environment. You have a world of yes people around you. And as a leader, that is a very dangerous place to be. But as just an everyday person, that's a very dangerous place to be when there's no one that you've given permission and authority to hold you accountable. Now, I'm not talking about surround yourself with naysayers who are always telling you that you're limited in what you're doing and that you don't know what you're doing and that you have no opportunity and no ideas. But I am saying to surround yourself with people who can intelligently and accountably keep you within the limits of a normal life and also tell you when it seems like your ego has just gone off the rails. So who am I allowing in my life who challenges me? They challenge what I think, they challenge what I say, and they challenge what I do. Number four, who am I intentionally adding value to? Now, the key word in this question is intentionally. Because it's easy to, I don't know, incidentally add value to somebody or to take credit for the quality of their life. You may have heard the phrase, you didn't build that. Well, if I didn't build it, then somebody else has to be getting credit for the accomplishment. Who is it? Do you find yourself taking credit for someone else's success or putting blame on them when you've made a mistake? The key word in that question, who am I intentionally adding value to, is the intentionality part. What purpose have I committed myself to, to add value to others? What am I doing to make their life better? And who have I selected to do that with, through, and for? If intentionality isn't in there, you might accidentally make somebody's day better, uh, I don't know, by paying it forward at the coffee shop. But if you're intentional about it, you have a process, you have a system, 
You have a defined goal. You know who they are. You know what their problems are and how you can solve them. Who are you intentionally adding value to? And number five, what could I do better if I eliminated all of the distractions that I, allow, that I am allowing in my own life? If I simply got rid of all the things that waste my time, consume my time, keep me from being successful, maybe it's procrastination. If I removed all of the distractions, if I eliminated all of the procrastination in my life, what could I do better? Now that's a question of focus because there are those things in our life that we don't realize we're not really focused on until we see them not getting accomplished. We have goals. We, we set these goals years ago and we thought, surely I'll accomplish that by XYZ time. And then XYZ time comes and we go back and look at that, that goal sheet and we go, oh, I, yeah, I, I missed that somehow. It, it completely got away from me. How did that happen? Well, the answer to that question is distractions and procrastination. And sometimes, honestly, the procrastination, well, it, it isn't always your fault, but you could have done something differently. Distractions, interruptions, world pandemics, sometimes there's absolutely nothing you can do about that. And things get set aside or they get put on hold from a financial perspective or a I can't even travel perspective or I can't even get out there and network with people perspective. I get that. But what could you do better if you focused? Oh, if you were to take those goals and maybe set them aside and separate them a little more and go, okay, well, what could I do? What tasks could I accomplish while I'm waiting? If one of those big, hairy, audacious goals was to, I don't know, write another book or read another book, have you put that on hold along with everything else because it's not in the flow of the day? Or did you pull that one thing out and go, you know what, I got plenty of time to read. Now, instead of one book, I'll, I'll read three. Instead of one book, I'll write five. And see, those are opportunities that we have. When distractions come along, they may derail us from our big, hairy, audacious goals. But what little goals could we be focused on that would contribute to that goal later? Those are the kinds of questions that we have to be willing to ask ourselves. And if you're a leader of any sort, these are the kinds of questions you should be asking people that you lead as well. Again, the greatest determinant of the quality of your life will be the quality of the questions you ask yourself. Not just the questions you ask yourself, but the questions that maybe others ask and you allow to settle in as questions that you're willing to ask yourself and answer. As a leader, you should take those same questions, the ones that challenge you, and pose them to the people that you lead and ask them honestly. Are you willing to consider these questions? You don't owe me an answer, but it would change your life and the quality of your life if you would take the time to answer them to yourself. So ask some deep questions and then hold yourself accountable for them. And you will find that going into 2021, regardless of what the year brings us, I know there are a lot of people right now who are not even willing to say, this is my year, because we saw what happened in January of 2020. And by spring, the whole world was different. We realized that could happen again in 2021. We also realized, though, that regardless of everything that happens around me, I can only control what happens in me. And what happens in me is the greatest opportunity that I have. And so it is for you. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.